Hello and welcome to the Michael Bryan show as Candy Girl is quickly, quickly dropped. You jumped out the by gun Jeff on it that time. That wasn't me. You jumped the gun on it. You saw you my hand still- go over. You saw my hand go over to the volume and you started the talk, so I had to get it out of there. No, you could still let it kind of go in the I don't, background. I, I don't, can move and groove. I don't know, but I don't want the, him going, my girls like candy and dick to tweet. That's I don't like singing under talking. Yeah, it's one of my pet peeves. Brown. Let the man sing. I'm, I need I've to cut been, that thing I don't know, up. recently, it's never really happened before, but recently, the past like three shows, they're like, what song do you want? And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, when we introduce you, we'll play a song. What song? I was like, oh, Candy Girl by New yeah. Edition. And what they're all like, who's New Edition? I'm like, what? What do you mean? Who's New Edition? Who Get is saying this? Um, at the guy at the comedy scene in Foxborough, and when I was in Jacksonville, and I did, I opened up for Brian Simpson. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Was that? It went well. It went well. So Brian Simpson, he's he's slowly making it. Uh, I I went out to L.A. six seven years ago for the winter, and would hang out at the comedy store and just kind of just do my Michael Bryan thing and just latch on to people. And just start talking to them until they're like, "Why?" Is you this mean guy stalking me? them? We'll talk about this later. Not really stalking per se. Yes, we do have. Before I we think get into the so. Story, we do have a great guest today, Tom Karen from Neston, will be joining us later uh, on the show. But stalking and bumping into people are two totally different things. So I think that there's like you know how the body dysmorphia is a person who looks at themselves in the mirror and either thinks that they don't look good when they do or they mm-hmm. do look good when they don't. I think about this a lot when I walk around town and I see women in yoga pants. I feel like that's a form of dysmorphia that that woman thinks that she should be wearing those yoga pants, but that's beside the point. I think you have some form of stalking dysphoria. I think you don't understand what stalking is. Jeff, I just know that I'm a very interesting, fun-loving man that everyone wants hey, to meet and talk to. Your stalkies treat you better than any other stalker on the planet. They seem because to they enjoy like you, but that doesn't imp- mean that what you're doing is not wrong. It just means Speaking that the of outcome which, of it doesn't turn out. I need to wrap out- this up. Pasternak is somewhere in the North End, <laughs> I and know. I gotta find him. <laughs> you know his jogging route. You stuck an air tag up his ass, and you're following him <laughs> on your iPhone. It's, it's weird. It's 10:48 right now at 11:27. We'll have him on the show please. eventually. You'll break <laughs> him so. down and get him on the show eventually. Let's hope so. Yeah, I just actually bumped into uh, Georgie, the the owner of Miss Florence Dyer and uh, Justin Peelis from Northampton, my hometown. And they're in the North End and they're saying they stayed at the, the Battery Wharf Hotel. I was like, oh, that's where Marshawn used to live. And they're like, how do you know where Marshawn used to live? I was like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I would have known that because uh, I'm friends with his sister. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, how about the apples? And it's Marshawn. Marshan, yeah, yes. whatever. Yeah. So yes, so anyways, so at this comedy store, Brian Simpson, who's now he's opening up for Segura and for for Joe Rogan. He's on Joe Rogan all the time. He's he's blowing up. Um, him and I kind of start like wandered to the store at the same time. Like we would get our names pulled for the open mic and whatever. People both thought we were he was way funnier than I, but people thought I was kind of funny. So if you're like thought of kind of funny you're able to hang around a little bit maybe go to the back bar every now and then if the if the right person saw you and that's so we would like weird, hang that's out the weird thing about you is that you're 10 times funnier when there's no microphone true yeah, true it's weird so so anyways so we would kind of like hang out have drinks be at the front bar 
and whatever. We weren't, I didn't have his phone number. We weren't calling up and like, hey, let's carpool to this bar show or whatever. We weren't like that. But we, if we bumped into each other, we would talk to each other. Yeah. And so I would message him whenever he's on the East Coast, be like, hey, do you need an opener? And da da da. And he'd always say, no, stop talking to me. But then I finally saw that he was in Jacksonville when I was driving through. I was like, hey, I will be in Jacksonville this Thursday. I would love to do like five to seven. He said, fine, five to seven. Okay. And then I'm going to, I go to the show. I see him and he goes, Oh, are you the, are you, are you the, uh, the, the guest spot? I'm like, yeah. Hey, what's up, Brian? He goes, I know your face. Why do I know you? And I was like, what because we hung out dick. all the time in LA. What like we, a we literally, dick. we literally hung out all the time together. Yeah. And then he was just like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of remember. What but a- then he was, he was cool. He was fine. No, he wasn't. No, it's off. Afterwards. It's uh, afterwards. Th- that does not matter because he was cool with you afterwards at the bar. Next time you see him, he won't know who you are again. I'm going best out. Friends, I'm going out here and I'm saying no matter how hard you stalk Brian Simpson, it's not going to work. He's out. No, he's a good guy. But if he'd like to come on the show, he'd welcome at any point. Exactly. <laughs> I like him. I like everyone. Even when people treat me like shit, I still like the person. Like you, Jeff. I'm still I still like you. Yeah, that's uh really not a thing. I do not treat you like shit. But I did have five to seven minutes. Shut up, Mike. I killed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. I had five to seven minutes. I killed it as always. I did well. What but, did you uh, what, what bits did show, you go with in, in Orlando? I went to the O Arena, which I don't care if no one really calls it. People still call it the O Arena, even though it's not the O Arena anymore. No, because the O Arena is uh the, the place lot. up the street. No, it's not. It's actually too far away to be the parking lot. What is it? Is it the soccer stadium? What is it? No, they're uh I if I'm not mistaken, it's just uh I can't remember what's there. It's not the soccer stadium. The The Bob Carr is still over there. I haven't gone over there in a long time. I Honestly, I couldn't tell you what's over there now. It was well, for a I long went, time just still there. There, yeah. I remember that. It was just there. Oh, so I went to the Orlando in downtown, and uh, I had this wonderful Airbnb by uh, right behind Lake uh, Areola there. Eola? Yeah, what Eola. Or the swans and the fountains. If you're ever in Orlando, go to downtown Orlando. It's been our it's been our thing since the 70s. I mean, it's the the swan boats used to be out there. They've got the fountain in the middle. They got the crackheads. They got everything, man. Well, not as many crackheads as most cities, but you're right. There are some. Yeah, it was great. And I walked to the I walked to the uh, arena and saw the uh, college basketball the first round the Thursday games I was there for the Furman Virginia game which if you can ever go to the first rounds of uh, the NCAA tournament do it it's amazing I mean sure you might get four games that suck but I was there all day I had you don't all though the, you're guaranteed the, one that's good guaranteed yeah guaranteed one guaranteed at least one in that Furman Virginia game the, the the Virginia guy threw the ball away at the end which was just so what the hell I was in a section I was bouncing around to the rich people seats and I was in a section of all people who were bouncing around all degenerate gamblers all bet Furman and the play and we were just going batshit I was loving it everyone was into it that game was one of the I would I always say I don't I don't say best sporting event I've ever been to, but it's in the top five best sporting events that Virginia Furman game. That was that was pretty awesome. Really? Oh, it was great. And uh, it's weird though. So you do the first two games, and then they kick you out. And then as they're kicking you out, like the the people that bought tickets for the second round, the second batch of games at night are waiting to come in. But you have to go, and then immediately they let the people in. 
it's just was like just let us i mean i guess if you don't have a ticket to the second you have to get kicked out yeah but yeah i had i had tickets to the first and second and then i went to um the church street area there and uh had some rooftop uh pops with some guys that i of course just met and uh, latched onto as <laughs> i do i make friends wherever i go <laughs> if they were somebody's you'd be stalking them I was stalking them just because they looked like normal dudes who loved basketball. So you got to be careful in Orlando. You should have told Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal? Why? Why Because he's in trouble right now uh, for accosting someone in Orlando. Well, as I was talking to my friends, my favorite uh, accosting a celebrity story is in Orlando, Florida, is when Charles Barkley threw the poor young spanish man through a window apparently he was like 97 pounds and charles barkley just picked them up and threw him through a window on church street he deserved it though right deserved it though big time the guy was like the guy and his friend were yelling at him and charles barkley was like just go away just go away just go away and then he grabbed one of the girls that he was with and then that's when barkley grabbed the guy and threw him through the window what was the fallout of that did Barkley getting any trouble for it? Do you have to pay a fine or something? Barkley paid a fine and the guy got arrested for assault yeah. and everything. Yeah. But I was I, I Googled the story. He got he's he was like he was twenty one. He'd been in and out of jail like eight times already in his life. And yeah, listen, nobody money. ever said what happens in Orlando stays in Orlando, so don't do things here. It's gonna get yeah. out. But Church Street, I, I mean, I love Orlando. I can't go on about how much I love Orlando. If you go there to go to Disney World with your your family or whatever, you tell you tell your wife and kids, even the kids, just leave the kids at Disney World. Someone will watch them. You take the wife, take your friend, go to go to, to downtown Orlando, have a night. It's a lot of fun. I I, I just love. I couldn't disagree Orlando. with you more. Downtown Orlando well, stinks. Don't want to go there. I stay on this side of town. Well, that's because you're sober and boring. you did. You did come and uh, spend an evening with me, which was fun. It we, was fun. We we watched. Uh, we did the show. Yeah, we ate. Uh, we had a, a hamburger at a fancy place in celebration. I had, I had a hamburger because I had a panic attack. You had a panic attack, Jeff. Jeff, with his his blatant, he's living in a place that is sunny and beautiful in '85, and that he just gets surrounded by. Uh, old white people at a bar and he's just like someone's gonna die and it's gonna be me hey and we need to get the hell out of here it's funny because you say that and and now that i've had a, a chance to think about it is that maybe uh in another life like you know they they say that their reincarnation could be a thing maybe i'm a reincarnate of uh like an african-american gentleman that's not comfortable in large groups of white people Je- jeff whenever i've witness these panic attacks twice and each time you are just usually in a restaurant or somewhere surrounded by old people and you're like i need to get the hell out of here i need to get the hell out of here now (laughs) maybe we figured it out maybe that's what it is maybe that's what it is so then i went to the uh, mecca of old people um naples florida and uh spent uh three to four days with my mom who i love immensely i love my mom and i love spending time with her but She's still she my both my parents who I both love and I love spending time with. They just within the past two years just got old. And I think I don't know what it is, but uh, my dad is 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 wonderful. But he tells the same story a lot. He will see the same commercial and have the same comments all the time or the same shows or watch NBA. And he starts doing the, they traveled, they traveled. Yeah. They all traveled that. I know they all travel, but uh, my mom's thing 
is my mom is very nice and loving and she wants you to be happy at all times. And by trying to make you happy, she makes you enraged by like you come in. Would you like something to drink? No, I'm fine. Would you like water? No, I don't want any water. Thank you, mom. Would you like some soda? I do not want soda. I'm I have siding, lemonade. Mom, I I'm don't want anything to drink. I'm with your mother on this. Take what? the drink. I, I'll get a drink. I'm no. 42 years old. I, hey, if I hey, want a drink, your mother I'll get doesn't want you to get a drink. drink. Take the drink. So then she lists everything in her fridge. And by the seventh thing she lists, I'll be like, mom, I don't want anything to drink. And then she'll be like, have quite the attitude and yes. i'm like yeah because you just asked me the same question 17 times i feel like seconds. you're the problem here i'm not the take problem. the drink and whatever she offers first take it i can get myself my own drink you, but stuff. your mother I'm wants to get self- you a drink stop being so selfish michael i'm not being selfish i'm being actually helpful by saying i can get my own things mike would you like a drink no. Let me tell you what I have in the fridge. I have tea. I have I a have seltzer water Pepsi. right here. <laughs> I don't need anything, Jeff. So, You've quite so the anyways, attitude, so then my mom, she lives in this condo complex and it's a great place. It's right on this par three golf course and it's great. But I had problems with my car. It was my dad's car that I stole because he's blind and it's now <laughs> my car. And I drove it down and Jeff, uh, you heard it. It's really got really loud. The car would got loud, right? You heard it. We drove around. I don't think it was as loud as you thought it was, but it definitely could use some CV joint action. It got louder. It got louder and louder and louder. And then my mother and I, we drove to a Red Sox spring training game. And my mom was like, you cannot drive this back to Boston. You are getting this fixed and blah, blah, blah. So I went to uh, Tuffy Tire or whatever it is now. um, And they're like, you need joints and all this stuff. And... Uh, it was a thousand dollars. Yeah, but did it sound per? Did it purr all the way home? I wouldn't say it purred because it's a two thousand eight Ford Escape, but it sounded a lot better. Yeah, um, and twice. So my dad's car. My dad once he realized he was losing his eyesight and he couldn't really drive anymore. He's just stopped putting money into his car. So last year I used the car to drive down to Florida, and as I was going there, the brakes were so bad. It was stop and go on 95. I had to pull the e-brake twice. It so doesn't I sound like your dad in. should be the one putting the money into the car. He's not driving at cross country. I put the money in the car. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm saying he gave me the car with brakes that were basically should have been used in a monster truck rally as a car that got crushed because it just was not stopping. Did the brakes and get so fixed? I, dro- I ended up getting the brakes fixed, but I made it all the way to Orlando and and when I brought each time, so this past week when I had the the joints or whatever the it's hell, it's cheaper know. to get this work done in Florida. So it's probably a good move to drive it down here and get this work done. Maybe I don't. know. I think it is. I, I but the thing getting work done to a car is I have friends back in Northampton that if they tell me this needs to be fixed, I'm like, okay, this needs to be fixed. But when I which I did, and my friend said it's fine, it'll make it. But the sound's going to be really scary, it, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm, he's like, it's not going to explode, but it will sound like it's going to explode. And <laughs> then it was, I was like, all right, I got to get this fixed because it's going to explode, even though my friend Jess told me it's going to be fine, but whatever. But so last year when I brought the guy to bring the brakes, I went to go check on it. And the guy working on it, he was like, is this your car? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he was just like, how did you, how are you alive? And I was like, what? He goes, you had no brakes. Like the road, everything was, everything was torn apart. You needed. I've got like twelve hundred dollars worth of brakes done 
because of how much it tore everything apart. And then this year, the same thing. The guy was like, this was yours. I was like, yeah, he was just like, you should be dead. And I was like, fantastic. I'm not, though. I made it. So that's good. Did you break it driving down the hill with Bulger? Say that again. I drove that. I drove it to New York and back with Bulger, and we saved the the dogs with it. Yeah, you probably broke the CV joint when you were driving down the hill. Ah, it was already fucked. Oh yeah, it was already fucked. Yeah, (laughs) I don't even know if it was a CV joint. I have the thing. I'm gonna bring it to my friend and see how much more they. But then they're like, there's parts rusted out because it's 2008. Salt New England just destroys cars. But uh, luckily, it was what it was, and. My air conditioner broke last night in my house. What was that? I'm uh, sorry. Say that again. My air conditioner broke in my house last night, but I have my uh, redneck friends on it. It's getting it's getting worked out. I feel like in Florida, you will you always have you if you live in Florida and you don't know a guy or at least Orlando, a guy to get you and your family into Disney World for free whenever they come and visit. Fix your car or fix your air conditioner. Then you don't know anyone. You have no friends. Yeah, I got a guy. I got a guy. It's uh, my my daughter's uh, half sister's dad. Wow, that is quite the Ferris Bueller. Well, the cool Uh, thing about that is he ain't going anywhere. And every time I call him, he's like, "You know, I don't do service anymore." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Fix it." The other the other thing my mom did, my lovely mom did, was she has a guy in Florida. That also ooh, is like a handyman, ooh, ooh. fixes everything. Get your mind out of the gutter, Jeff. No, no, no. And and she's like, oh, let me call Bob. And and so she calls like, mom, don't call because I have no idea what is wrong with it. He's not going to know how much it should be. And then she's like, hey, uh, my son's car is making a sound and it's really loud. How much do you think it would be? And the guy's like, I don't thousand dollars. I don't know. And then she's like asking me questions about cars that I've, I'm like, mom, this is why I told you not to call the guy because I know nothing about cars. I cannot relay any information to him whatsoever. And he was just like, yeah, I'll just get it fixed because it sounds dangerous. I was yes. like, thank you for your words of wisdom, Bob. I appreciate that. And I'm sorry my mom had to call you. About yeah, but this. Bob's a mean plumber. If the pipes yeah. need cleaned, he can take care of it. He does. He fixes doors. He fixes everything. If Florida guys are just like the best handyman ever. Bro, just, I, I feel I, like Florida they, guys can just fix everything. I, I, My air conditioner wasn't working this morning. I went out there. I pulled the thing apart. I got the blower motor sitting out uh, ready to be replaced. It's, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it, we've, have we had this conversation before on this show? I can't remember, but I think we did. Is, uh, you know, you, you don't let guys mow your lawn. You, you know, you, uh, you, you take care of your own lawn. You know what I'm saying? That's I guess, real man but does. I don't know how anything works. So to be honest with you, uh, I probably would have uh, fixed the CV joint if you would have given me the time to do so. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we could have done that. I think, though, it would have been way more complex than you thought. It's a pain in the ass. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. So opening day is tomorrow. We have Tom Karen on later to talk about everything really but the Boston Red Sox. My favorite thing what to do is have specific to- people on about about things and then not really we talk more about his career than the red sox but um my mom and i went to red two red sox spring training games and i just love i don't know if i love baseball or i just love being outside like being outside is the best when it's like 85 degrees 
and you're just watching baseball and I could be watching a, a high school baseball game and I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm just outside. I love watching baseball when I have a rooting interest. Yes, on TV, but I could go to any baseball game, sit outside, rip $11 Bud Lights. I still, and just I still need to have night. something to root for. Like I'm not a big go-to like a Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore Orioles game. But see, if you go to Tampa, you're, you're inside. inside. That's so true. It's the same thing. That's I true. wouldn't want to go to a Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Baltimore Orioles game because I wouldn't give a crap. But I went to Baltimore, Houston Astros in Baltimore last year, and it was amazing. And I loved it. And I, I'll go to any stadium, be outside, pay $11 for a Bud Light, have eight to 10 of them and just have a day. Like, I love that. Did so you know much. they moved my the fences at, at uh, Camden Yard back 30 feet? They they move the the fences back. Yeah, it's gonna be harder to hit home runs there this year or like in the past couple of years. I think it was uh, in the off season. I think that it'll be the first year of it uh, going into this season. Really, mm-hmm. Baltimore is a great setup. Uh, there's a neighborhood right there. I got an Airbnb right across the street. But there's a great set of bars right there. The football stadiums there. The casinos there. And then if you go past the casino, you die. Yeah, that's most towns. Mm-hmm. So after um, after Orlando, yep. the, the basketball games that were great. And also one thing about Orlando and the basketball games, I was there by myself. I was bouncing around and usually no one cared, but there's always the one usher who was just like, where are you supposed to be? I'm like, obviously not here, dude. You know, like, uh, let me see your ticket. No, you're not seeing my ticket. My favorite go to now is because all the tickets are on the phone. And there's no ticket stubs anymore. And they'll be like, let me see your ticket. And I'll say, my phone died. And then they're like, oh, well, then you have to leave. I'm like, okay. And then I just leave and I go to the next section. Like, I don't care. I'm by myself. I'm going to hop around and try to get the best possible seats. But uh, yeah, there's like, I was sitting in the Fairleigh Dickinson section. There was like 27 people there. No one was there rooting on Fairleigh Dickinson. And I just sat there. But every time someone would be like, hey, that's my seat. And I'd move a row, move a seat or whatever. And then finally, the usher was just like, are you even supposed to be here? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, mind your business. Fairleigh Dickinson became totally Dickinson that day. They did. They got killed. I thought Duke Duke would look the most impressive. Tennessee had four, three to four dudes that were the biggest, most athletic. The first half didn't of- matter. Yeah, the first half of whoever Tennessee played in the first round, I was like, you're not going to score a point. And there's no way these guys, because they would shoot threes, they would get right in their face. They drive, they block it. And I'm like, how does Tennessee lose? And then I, even though I love him, he's a Texas guy. Rick Barnes just chokes all the time. He had the, it was the best, it was the best looking college basketball team I've ever seen. They should never lose a game and they lose. They just, they just hired lost. a new coach. Tennessee? Texas. Oh, Texas did. Yeah, their assistant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because their regular coach uh, uh, backhanded his wife, allegedly, or, or lady friend. I think he's, she's a lady friend. What did friend. she do? I don't think they're... they're they, she called the cops on him. And no, I mean, what did she do before? Service. 
What did who do before? What did she do to deserve this backhanding he gave her? Yikes, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, nineteen nineties Jeff Taylor. That. I didn't coming out. Oh, <laughs> what was <geez>. she wearing? <laughs> oh, geez, she had it coming. Jeff Taylor, everybody. The views expressed by Jeff Taylor do not necessarily reflect those of Michael Bryan and or the Michael Bryan show. Once again, I feel like we should just make a a recording of that. Whenever you say something, you just then press it. <laughs> views expressed by Jeff Taylor do not, but. Then she said it didn't happen, and now he makes That's more money. That's what they at do. Ole Miss. That's what they do. I don't know what happened. What happens? I don't is, know what, what happens. Is what happens is unfortunately, the woman gets smacked by the guy that she loves, and in her right mind, when she's angry for being smacked, she calls the police and does the right thing. But then, given some time to like think about it and and realize that she loves this guy, she allows the bad behavior to continue. By not pressing charges, just exactly. press the charges. And now he's the head coach at uh, yeah. Press Ole the char- press the charges. Make the guy pay the price, and then maybe he won't smack you around again. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Have, did I make I up for my other comments before? No, no <laughs> I more. Was trying. I was trying. <laughs> we to are, make up we are for moving on. Before. We are just moving on, Jeff. <laughs> to speaking of love and affection, the wedding that I went to in Myrtle Beach. I went from Jacksonville to Myrtle Jeez Beach, Louise, which guy. I. I what thought it was going to be like vacation you took. Yeah, I was two weeks of just up and down the East Coast, baby. And uh, my lady friend flew down to Litchfield to go to her work friend's wedding. And her work friend's name was Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. Taylor. And Harry. I remember Harry Harrison. His name was Harrison. Called him Harry. A lovely couple. Oh, I thought you were wedding. saying his name was Harry Harrison. I'm like, damn. No, it should be. That'd yeah. be great. Harry Harrison. He'd be a superhero. There there's a guy in the jail. His name, I forgot what it was, but his name was Tom Thomas. And I was just like, hell yeah. No wonder you're in jail. People make fun of you like your entire life and you just snap and you kill everyone. That's because <laughs> your name is Tom Thomas. But Tom Thomas. Um, so, yes. And it was a lovely wedding. It was outdoors in Myrtle Beach at the Botanical Gardens in Litchfield. And it was lovely. But uh, my lady friend knows her from work. Yeah, you've work said besties. that, dude. Come on. Just stop putting the same details in. And her friend Courtney, who she works with, came down. And I'm, I've gone out for drinks with Taylor and Courtney before and my lady friend. And I knew we knew no one else there. Yeah. Nobody else there. And now if I go to weddings and I see people in situations like that, I'm usually just like, especially if the bride or groom who I know are like, hey, uh, Jeff over here knows no one here. I would be like, all right, I'll come, hang out with Jeff. Let's have Jeff come over here. So so like we had a, a day before thing, which I screwed up. There's pictures of me online where I'm I'm getting crap for because it was like it wasn't rehearsal dinner. It was just like, let's have drinks outdoors on the beach. And so my lady friend said, bring khaki pants or something and a nice suit jacket dressed like you're at an eighth grade basketball banquet. I'm like, I got that. I got that outfit. I got the eighth grade basketball outfit. So I bring the khaki pants, but there were my khaki pants that I used during the academy for jail. And so they're a little bit baggier. They're really big and they had they had stains on them, which I just didn't <laughs> look. And so then my lady friend was like, you cannot wear these. So you went and like, got some new pants. Yeah, I look like I look like Tracy McGrady there. You know, those they're huge. The pants were huge. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't wear these pants. And uh, so you find the Burlington but, Co. Factory. Yeah, but it was 515 when I finally realized it. And for some reason in Myrtle Beach, everything closes at five on the dot. Everything. 
There's nothing there. Burlington Everything Co. Factory closed. doesn't. Well, there's no Burlington. Like we had to be there for six, and it was five fifteen. Dude, you show up at seven if you got to go get new pants. So, anyways, so then I have a nice suit jacket, yeah, a nice my nice colorful shirt, and I'm wearing khaki shorts and <laughs> flip flops. <laughs> and the my stained lady pants would have been better. My lady friend said I looked amazing. Uh, Courtney said you look great. But online, people were very mean. I don't know if you know this about the internet, Jeff. People are mean. Yeah, but those are bots. People are no, no. They're my close personal friends, <laughs> Jeff. Actually, yeah, who they bots. Are. I know them. I know yeah, them. Yeah, they're and, bots. Yeah, and they were making comments about my my gross feet and how you should not have your feet out in public like that. And I have lovely. I thought feet. I looked great. What's that? I have lovely feet. I have Hobbit feet. Oh, I have yeah. hairy feet. I have. I have. Oh, there's the tops of my, my feet. foot my, my are feet covered are in hair. My toes are covered in hair. I should always but wear sandals. I agree. You live in Florida. You should never not wear sandals. I'm wearing you sandals wear right flip- now, bro. Do you call them sandals or flip flops? Well, there's a difference sandals. between sandals and flip flops. I just call them all flip flops. A, f- a sandal doesn't have the thing that goes through the big toe. The thong. The- <laughs> right, and a flip flop has the thong. Hmm. I always love it in jail. They call them the slides. That's a completely different thing. That's a slide. Shower shoes. Uh, no, a slide is uh, has the full covering of the toes. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say full covering of floor, toes, full covering of the top of your foot. That's a sandal. Interesting. Well, yes. I'm totally floored right now. Yes. Are we going to get into Crocs? I, have cro- I wear Crocs for work. Crocs, I like that a lot. Crocs are shoes. Mm. Um. Now, Jeff, you um, you've been you were married. I am. You've been you've been two weddings. I have. What? I I missed your wedding because I where where'd you get married? Here. You did. I thought you were like some island, but no. you caught me at my poorest time. When did you get married? What I year? would have paid for you to come. I don't understand mm. why you didn't come to my wedding. I don't know. I was going through a rough time. What that was? You. I think that was after. What year did you get married? Twenty twelve. 2012 that was when i was like coming back from texas that was that was a rough moment in yeah of, of michael Bryan's life but anyways um um what are your thoughts on wedding food the amount of money that you spend on wedding food i don't know what you spent for your wedding food but to me i'm just like make it as cheap as no one no one only the old old people are like oh wow the beef was so great abigail wasn't it and you're like okay like did you drink a bunch of bud lights and dance to the electric slide that's what you go to the wedding for yeah i I disagree with you i think the food should be good at your wedding i think the appetizers should be good like they had bacon wrapped shrimp which i've never had before it was a delight you've never had that I've had bacon wrapped scallops. Like to me, if you don't have bacon wrapped scallops at bacon. your wedding, it's an automatic. You can't get. You can't have an A rating for your wedding because you didn't have bacon. I don't scallops. think we had bacon wrapped scallops. I don't think we did an appetizer at our wedding. I think we had a cocktail hour and then we had dinner. Yeah, you have the cocktail hour and they walk around with the white gloves and they're yeah, like, probably. "Would you like?" You're probably. I wasn't there. We were taking pictures during the entire cocktail hour, so uh, there. Yeah, you miss it. And that's where they're like bacon wrapped scallops. I think those you put all your money and food into that. And then when it comes to the actual like sit down meal, it's like, dude, here's a chicken breast that's been cooked in an oven with uh, 1500 other ones. It is that it is catering style food. So it is like a lot of stuff cooked at the same time. But uh, I didn't eat at the wedding. So I don't remember. Actually, you know what I did? I made my wife go around and say hi to everybody while I sat down and ate. 
that sounds like a Jeff Taylor move. Yeah. 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 I, I was, I forgot about that, but then I remember that I've been reminded of that many times. As much as I love attention and it was documented in the Boston Globe, the headline was, I love attention. That is the, the headline of the Boston Globe. I, I want to get married. I would love to have a wedding, but I do not want to, the attention from a wedding where you have to talk to everyone and take pictures of everyone. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. This is why you have to establish, establish yourself as a, as a jerk. And then people don't expect that out of you. Je- so, I need to take lessons in becoming Jeff Taylor in certain situations. To be honest think- with you at my wedding, I was like, I'm sitting at this table. Come see me. It's my day. <laughs> You're like Marlon Brando in The Godfather where yes. people are offering you gifts and whatever. You have to give them favors. And you would be, what's his name, standing outside complaining that he, you couldn't get in to talk to me. Like, yeah, no, no, yeah don't let that's exactly. Talk to me. That, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why. I like pictures from events, but I hate it when... So say Jeff and I are talking at a wedding and then uh, Grandma Gertrude comes by and is just like, Stop talking and pose. And then you have to stop talking. You have to do the fake smile. And then Gertrude's like, the, the picture comes out awful. And then you go back. And you're like, what were we talking about? I don't even remember what we're talking about. And then you just kind of walk away from the person you're talking to. Well, the pictures other- pictures in general, I don't really care about them unless I'm in them or somebody's naked. So I, I, the wedding pictures are kind of, of, you know. I immediately, and if anyone else, this is, it's so fake. When you go through pictures of an event like a wedding or a reunion or a party or something, and you're firing through the pictures, you're not looking at the other pictures. You're looking, am I in this one? Am I in this one? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Everyone does that. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. Yeah. You're just a liar. I mean, it's you don't care about the other pictures. It's human nature. The other thing about weddings that I realized, I wrote down a lot of things in my, as I'm treating this as an open mic right now. When women see each other, I used to work in hotels. What is the deal with weddings? What is the deal with weddings? I used to work in hotels and I would see this all the time. Where like, especially when everyone is kind of checking in at the same time, sometimes the bride and groom would be at the in the lobby greeting people as they oh came Oh my in. god, dude. It's your day. Enjoy it. Stop. Exactly. Exactly. So they do that, but then when they see these people that they invited, that they know are here. Taylor did this with my lady friend and Courtney, who she sees every day at work. They go out for drinks once or twice a week after work. They, she probably sees did I meet my these lady. girls. Were they at the uh, trivia? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Dalabias trivia. We've, I don't um, No, 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 no. Th- those ones weren't. They were different ones. All right. But so Taylor sees Macy and Courtney every day. And she probably sees those two more than anyone there other than her husband and when she saw them at the drinks where i was wearing the amazing khaki shorts in 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 flip-flops she reacted like she didn't like it was it was a puppy that just witnessed her her uh owner come home from war and hadn't seen him and oh my god like running in circles and i was like watching this and they're all jumping around and i'm like you invited them here. You knew they were coming here. This Why are you behavior. reacting like this? This is female behavior. I mean, what is that? I, I they're excited. It's it's the moment. It's it has nothing to do with the people. It's it, they they go out and have drinks and work together all the time. So yes. that's normal. 
Yes. But now they're in a different environment and they're seeing each other and the moment is special. So they're celebrating the moment, not the people. So it's like, oh my God, my good friends, the moment's awesome. Let's squeal and make all kinds of noise. That's mm-hmm. female behavior. Mm-hmm. It's fine. The other thing they do is those people. Um, m- my lady friend what and do her you friends mean by you do people? this. But so say you the the woman doesn't see her cousin or aunt in years uh-huh. and then they're like how are the kids where are the kids going what are they majoring in and they have this like long 7 minute in-depth conversation where they get the updates on everyone's life and then they have nothing else to talk about this is another you place you could be like Jeff Taylor minutes. where where someone will come up and say uh Hey, how's everything going? I'm like, you can, it's on Facebook. Just go, go look at my Facebook profile. Just go look at my Facebook page. Yeah. You're not friends with me. Why you unfriended me? You blocked me. Why? Check out out my Insta. You can see everything that's happened to me in the last five years on my Insta. Yeah. Well, well, Mike, you were wearing, last time I saw you wearing khaki shorts and sandals at a wedding function. Actually, was it on the beach? It was off. It wasn't on the beach per se, but there was like a beach beach club. Yeah, you yeah, can see the then sand. sandals and shorts are perfectly acceptable. Thank shorts, you. Shorts, Jeff. shorts are shorts on a man are a little bit funky. I'm not a huge fan of wearing shorts anywhere other than around the house or from walking around my neighborhood. But uh, if you're at a beach place, sandals and shorts should be perfectly acceptable. If you can smell the ocean, sandals and shorts. And also, my lady friend, who is the biggest judgment of anything I wear. Agreed to this. You dress like a jerk off. Was fine. So there's no. I was not why. dressed as a jerk off. No, 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 not this time. Most times. Uh, my what you saying? A Kyrie Irving flat Earth Eleven shirt in shorts. A white or dude. Jeans? A white dude in a basketball jersey with no shirt under it is bad. And a white that guy, is my work outfit. Those are my work clothes, Jeff. I, I wear college outfits for work. A white dude in a basketball jersey that's not getting ready to go into the game, I think, is a problem in general, but. When you are wearing one, you should definitely wear like an undershirt. I am upset that my vacation is over. Friday, I go back to Duck Tours. I go back to pointing at buildings. And you go back to actually having to work to get paid. I have to work to get paid now. And I'm very upset about that, Jeff. I don't know how to. I just I haven't worked really since November 1st. And it's upsetting to me. Well, you've been doing shows. I have. I made a grand total of like maybe $700 over the course of six months doing comedy shows. But yes, Jeff. Any IRS agent that's listening, did you hear that? He was claiming unemployment and collecting money from comedy shows. No, I did not. I was collecting. I was saying $700 in Bud Lights, Jeff. Bud Lights is what. I feel like that's compensation, though. Maybe. That is an exchange of goods or services. I guess. Yeah. I would love. to get a writer and just be like, I want all the Bud Lights is what I want in my writer. Anyways, I think I think that's I think we can move on to our <laughs> guest after that. Tom Karen, everybody who uh, I didn't believe was ever going to join the show, but finally did. So you were off the hook on that one. Tom is my friend. I have Tom. I have Tom Karen's phone number and we text. And we talk about our feelings and life. When I was in Fort Myers, I met up with with Steve, the cameraman, uh, who is also a friend of mine. 
and for Nesson and Tom, and we had drinks and watched the um, watch the World Baseball Classic, the Japan game where they came back and won. And that was a really great. Uh, that was a really great night. And one thing I didn't get to talk to Tom about this because we did record this before. We, Tom is he's local famous. He's Nesson famous, which is cool because people locally know him. So when he goes out, he's just like, hey, I'm going to get some free drinks. I'm going to run for mayor. I'm going to shake some hands, take some pictures. Like we'll have some fun. But then if he goes to, we talked about Nashville and the Bruins aren't in town or the Patriots aren't in town. Tom's just Tom. Yeah. He's just chilling at the Olive Garden. That's gotta be the best version of famous. Yeah. But then at the same time, when you go out and you're like, Hey, uh, I wonder who's buying me some fancy. It's like when I do comedy shows and they're not giving me free Bud Lights. And I'm like, Hey, 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 I don't know if you know how this works. I tell ha ha's you give me Bud Lights. Tom Karen goes out for for beers and he's just like, hey, I shake hands. I take pictures. Someone buys me fancy, fancy beers because Tom is a fancy beer drinker. And when he's like in Nashville or something, that just doesn't happen. I'm sure you'll you'll be there stalking him and you'll buy him a beer, too. He bought me beers. It was him and Steve both bought me beers. I owe owe Steve and Tom beers. But yes, but we will have the great Tom Karen from Nesson. Opening day is uh, Thursday, so that will be right now. We are back on the Mike O'Brien show with our very special guest, Nesson's own Tom Karen, the pride of St. Michael's College. How are you doing, Tom Karen, today? Great, Mike. Jeff, how you doing? Big day tomorrow. Opening day is tomorrow. Um, I love... I love talking with people about subjects and not really getting into like, I love the Red Sox, but I mean, what are we going to really talk about? They could be good. They could be not good. They could just completely tank the season. There's many ways. And that's why they play the games. That's why they play 162, Tom. Uh, but going into the season, what are are you excited? Are you are you like because people think they could be be really bad and they could be good? Is that yeah. is that more exciting you know or less what? exciting when they're good? I- I'm intrigued. That's the word I keep landing on. I'm intrigued because I could, I could sell you that this team is going to be 74 and 88, and I could sell you this team's going to be 88 and 74. I just, you know, I, I went down to spring training thinking, yeah, it's going to be a, a rough year, and and this probably happens to me too often. But you're around the team and you're at spring training and you totally drink the Kool Aid. Oh, you know, these guys, Justin Turner. I mean, he's, you know, Adam Duvall is going to find that swing at Fenway, and here we go. So I, I am more optimistic than I was at the beginning of spring training. Uh, but I really, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm optimistic right now. So I'm on the, I'll probably, I just was on a show and I said 86 wins. I think they'll be third in the division. And I think that'll be flirting with a wild card. And that's certainly better than we expected. So I'm, I'm optimistic as the season begins. That's what, as I, as I saw um, a bloom walking through the concourse, I said, I bet the over, no pressure. And he laughed. So uh, let's hope go. that I'm all for the over. I'm all for the over. But um, Tom, we have our paths have crossed from time to time. We have had we've had drinks. I've witnessed people buy you drinks. And one yeah. thing about Tom Karen, he is one of those people. He is he is a fancy beer drinker. Um, yes, I'm a beer snob. He is a beer, a snob. beer snob. He yes. looks down on me for drinking the Bud Lights. And I don't, I don't, they have a time and a place, you know, you're, you're finished mowing the lawn on an August afternoon. It's hot. A Bud Light is crisp and refreshing. Okay. I'm not, or, or if you're having a, a long day of beers, 
a Bud Light is a nice way to hydrate in between actual beers. So it's fine. Yeah. Can I jump in on this for a second? Because I have an opinion. Yeah. I don't drink, but I, I understand uh, connoisseurs of things. And it, it's basically the difference between, hey, listen, for a couple bucks extra, I can eat at the local Italian establishment or I can save my two bucks and eat at the Olive Garden. There it is. If it tastes better, it spend the extra couple bucks, enjoy life. Don't waste your time with out, Bud Lights. My wife is a diehard Bud Light, the purist. Okay, that's that's what if we're going, she's drinking Bud Light and has for decades. And we'll go to a bar and I will do the, you know, oh, is that a local IPA? Can I can I get a sample? Can I try it? And you know, I know it's it's boorish and annoying, and she's just waiting for her Bud Light. <laughs> so we went into a place here in Western New York once, and and there's some uh, Bud Light, you know, some uh, uh, double IPA I want to try. So I was like, "Can I get a little sample of that?" I was like, "Yeah," and I really like it. And I was like, "Wait, is that Bud Light over there? C- could I get a little sample of that?" It was great. The guy looked at me like, <laughs> I was "Like what?" I'd, I'd like to try that Bud Light. See if it's any good. <laughs> I took a sip. It's like, yeah, it's not for me. There's nothing more than I hate going to the breweries where they don't have Bud Light. And I say, can I have a Bud Light? And then we don't have. I'm like, well, give me your Bud Light. Like, whatever right. your right. Bud Light is. And they, like, look down on you. I also oh, can't yeah. I also can't stand when you beer snobs, you get the the tastings. And then you take little sips. You're like, ooh, this one has a. I'm like, oh, my God, just drink the beer. Like, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to give you tasting notes. I'm not going to tell you it's hop forward and, and the malt lingers. I'm not. I just. I like what I like. I like hoppy beers. Uh, I yeah. Well, there was in, in Nashville. We've gone to a lot of brewers, and in Nashville once, uh, same thing. I, me and my buddy, had to go in and get our wives' beers. And you know, there's no Bud Light. It's only what they make. It, the Yeehaw Brewing Company, which is a great name for a brewery. And and I, I went in. I said, you know, she drinks Bud Light. He's like, oh, you want a beer flavored beer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. a good description. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When they say something like that, I'm like, hell yeah. But when they like look, we we don't have Bud Lights. You're like, okay, great. Go screw. Yeah. Um, Our Golden Lager won a gold in Austria. You should try this. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. The the reality of it is, is that it's personal preference. And if you like good beer, drink good beer. If you don't, it's not snobby. It's just a preference. I'm going to. If you're going to have 18 and having been around Mike, that's that's a possibility with you. Probability. Bud Light is better than a double IPA. Absolutely. Double IPAs and you will never be seen again. So. I'm very excited to have my $18, $11 Bud Lights at opening day tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. I'm Tom, can, I, to can it. we discuss something quickly? Because I think he's going to get into the fact that he's run into you a few times and that he's had beers with you a few times, not only around Boston where he lives, but also like traveled down to Florida and ran into you uh, at spring training. And, and I'm going to use ran into you. I'm doing air finger quotes here because <laughs> Uh, it seems like every time we have on a guest of note, which I would consider you absolutely a guest of note, oh, that Mike you. O'Brien runs into them regularly. And I want to really be—I want to be on record here saying that he's not running into you on accident. He's stalking you. You need to be careful of this guy. He stalks people. <laughs> it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a fine Tom, line between running into someone repeatedly and sort of tracking their movements. Yes. Tom really loves healthy. going to comedy shows. So I bumped I into him at in Fort Myers. I did a show years ago. That's right. Um, That's right. And then, then uh, what was it? A couple. Sam Adams. Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Good yeah. beer and comedy. I and comedy on Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Dunn. Whenever Jimmy Dunn does a show, Tom's usually at one of those shows. 
So can I? All right. So real quick, the the, the origin story. Okay, the mm-hmm. uh, the the in uh, many many years ago, I was a minor league hockey broadcaster in Portland, Maine. Nice. And 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 the comedy the, uh, a comedy connection had just opened down in the old port. Uh, Oliver, I forget his last name, who owned the one in in Boston, opened one in Portland. And Jimmy Dunn uh, was the young comic that he would have on. And I I went to see him one night. And he had we, had, we hadn't even started playing yet, but we had a logo and it was a pirate face with an eye patch. And, and he like saw it and did a joke about it. You know, like, can you imagine if that was the, the linesman trying to call offside? Like, I don't know. You know, it was, it was great. It was, it brought, it was the first publicity we'd ever gotten as this new hockey team that was coming to town. And, and so I went up to him after and, and we chatted for a little bit. Fast forward, like a month later, we're playing in the season. Jimmy would do his early set walk a mile up to the civic center come on with me and tell jokes during the second period then go back to the stage and do his second set just you know because that's what you guys all do early on in your career right so so jimmy and i wound up becoming pretty good friends fast forward two years i get the job at nesson and it's this show we were starting called front row it was like a magazine show that i was the host of and my second week there i go grab lunch down at kenmore square and i bump into jimmy dunn he was down there meeting with some of us. And I was like, dude, you should come on our show because this magazine show was going to be whatever we wanted it to be. And so Jimmy started doing these things around the Red Sox, which led to his, uh, his book, Funnyball. Uh, and, and it was all great. And everybody loved his stuff. You know, he went out to San Francisco in a kayak yelling steroids whenever Barry Bonds <laughs> came up. It was good stuff. And then, and then the end of it was he did this great bit where he filmed the Red Sox were in a slump. It was like a month and they really weren't hitting. So he did this whole point of view piece where he was teaching the guys how to cork a bat to get a little more pop. And he literally had the lathe out and was opening up. While he's in the middle of that, Terry Francona walks into the dugout and looks up at him and says, the hell is this? It's like, oh, I'm doing a comedy piece. And that was the end of Jimmy Dunn on Nessing. So, <laughs> The origin store. <laughs> That's great. Jimmy's a great. Jimmy's a great guy. I love Nesson. Grew up with Nesson. You've been there since. How long have you been there for now? Nine, nineteen ninety-five. Twenty-seven years. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you're for yeah. you're local. You're you worked all over New England in the smallest. What what small markets did you work in? Uh, White River Junction, Vermont, would have been the smallest. I started in Plattsburgh, New York, which is Burlington, Vermont. It's the same market, even though there's a lake between them. Uh, and then White River Junction, Vermont, then Portland, Maine, uh, then Boston. That's now I love, uh, I, I am a connoisseur of the local news. I've been on it many, many times as documented in the Boston Globe. I'm <laughs> yes, yes, I don't know if you heard this time. But, <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> what is your favorite, like just working in a podunk market local news story where people are like, this is huge. Like I'm from Northampton and I remember on, on the cover of the, the Daily Hampshire Gazette it was something about zoning for chickens in front yards and it was on the front page of the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Like what is when when you think of your your coming the up time, what's thing, the crazy story? When I started in television, I was the weekend anchor in Plattsburgh, New York. Okay. It's across the lake and up from Burlington, Vermont. So it's only like an hour from Montreal. And this is again, this is the late 80s. And, uh, and Johnny Carson was still king, right? 1130 after the news. Now in Montreal, which is right up the road, there's no NBC, right? You, you got Channel 5, which they up there called WPTZ uh, instead of WPTZ. Uh, and that was the over the air. So people would turn on our newscast 
as they settled in to watch Johnny Carson, right? You're getting ready for bed, whatever. And we had ads during my sports cast that were completely in French because they would just sell them to these Montreal. And, and the thing I always remember is this guy, I don't know, it's free publicity. If he's still in business, I doubt it. Uh, there was a, a sporting goods store in Montreal called Performance Sport. Okay. And the guy was trying to get his old marketing campaign was I'm going to get people from New York to come up and buy stuff in Montreal. So when he did his ad, it was the, you couldn't understand. It was such a thick French accent. And I'll remember to this day, it's like, when we play, we play to win at Peppermouth Spar. That's how he said performance sport. And you'd be like, <laughs> huh? And so there was just a lot of that. You know, there was, uh, we were Plattsburgh, our, our, I guess you have to say where the transmitter is in your call. And we were WPTZ, Plattsburgh, North Pole, Burlington. Jeez. And that would air like every, and you'd be like, North Pole? Like I'm yeah. literally doing the 11 o'clock news for Santa. Yeah. You know, that it doesn't get more small market than that. That that's so that guy was like the Jordan's furniture of Montreal, basically. <laughs> yeah, only you couldn't understand anything he said. They needed the they like, needed the like diehard overdub of him. It's for someone saying performance. Right. <laughs> performance sport. <laughs> 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 this is I, I love I love just local market stuff and I mean growing up in the area, growing up with the Red Sox, growing up with even Nesson. Um, what were your thoughts a couple years ago when Nesson changed its logo to what it is now? Did they did they consult you with this? This is I'm still working on it. I still I'm wearing I, it. I'm wearing the new logo. I like it on shirts and stuff, but when it comes up on the TV, I'm like, I want the ticket. I want the, the blue ticket and white. was iconic. I know they don't want me to say anything. You know, no, they did not consult me. That's they had me and they had me in the ad, and it was and I literally I don't think they used it. The original ad and it was like you know. You got to adapt. You got to move on from the old way. I'm like, so what? I'm getting fired. Yeah. I mean, what do we, you know, I am literally the human version of the ticket. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. The ticket was pretty iconic, wasn't it? Yeah. 100% uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and then somebody said this looks like the uh, Miracle Ear logo. It, which is, I, I can see that now. Audio. We have audio. So that, yeah. that works out well. I, you know, you know what it does is it, it's, and I knew this right away and I get it. It's square. Right, the the ticket was rectangular, so it didn't work for an app. You got to uh, everything's got to be a square uh, app now, so uh, it makes sense. And you don't use tickets anymore. I mean, they're right. When's the last time you used a ticket? I think like somebody ripped a ticket. They, out of your they could they could have used a QR code instead of a ticket. <laughs> that would have looked pretty <laughs> cool. Great, yeah. just a QR code as our logo. <laughs> yeah, and then you scan it. Nesson comes up. <laughs> I, see, that's what I on. love about being. I'm 42 years old, so I still remember the old ways but i'm like the new ways are better but some things i'm just never i'm still always gonna love holding a newspaper and i still love the ticket stub the, you get I mean, a newspaper right, do you still get the newspaper i when i was in the newspaper last week i went and bought nine copies of the boston oh, globe you're in the newspaper there. again last week well no just this was the official article yeah there there, there it was the that's a boston article. globe that he brought yeah. from Boston right, so here's to me. The, here's the thing. We, uh, right before we went to spring training this year, every year we had to postpone the newspaper, right? Because we didn't want to come back to a pile of newspapers. Also, it's a good way to advertise that you're not home for three weeks uh, yeah. to anybody driving by. Uh, and we, we got rid of it. We went digital only for the first time. And so we came back and we, we don't get the newspaper anymore. It is crazy how people will buy a subscription to the actual newspaper, get it delivered. But 
when I was when I when I was in the the globe, it would come up and people would be like, I have to pay a dollar for this. I'm not paying a dollar for this. It's so right. instead of just like ordering it and being like, here it is for a month and I get it and I hold it, it online. Well, I don't know why thing. when you have to pay for it, it seems like a ripoff. Here's the other thing. And it was I talked to Dan Shaughnessy about this once, is is a lot of the stuff in the print edition of the newspaper comes out online a day before or two days before. Yeah. So I was picking up the newspapers. I read this. I've already read because I'm reading stuff online as it drops. Yeah. Because I tend to be, you know, tapped in looking for news on the sports side, especially, right? So like somebody's calling Christopher Gasper writes a column. I read it yesterday when he posted it on Twitter. So I kind of lost the whole I don't know. I, I subscribed no. to I subscribed to like four newspapers <clears throat> on digital. <clears throat> but I don't get any of them print anymore. It's interesting I, because I never, ever had a newspaper. I, I live in Orlando, Florida my whole life. So it was the Orlando Sentinel is what I would have had available to me. And then, you know, I'd have to go to like New York or Boston for a real paper. But the uh, I listened to AM radio since I was a child. I was an odd child. And not sports talk all the time, although a lot of the time sports talk, but I'd also listen to news radio. So I feel like it was kind of the same thing. Am I an older soul or did I just grasp the thing that was going to last the longest is my question because I still listen to versions of AM radio. Do you really? Oh, yeah. It's hard to find. Like I was in a rental car and and down in Florida and there was a game that I knew an AM station was probably good. I couldn't forget the station. I couldn't find AM. Yeah, they're getting rid you know of it. Mean? Like you had to go like down three rabbit holes to find AM as an option. They're they're getting rid of AM in cars. Finally, I think uh, Tesla they? took the lead on it, and then everybody followed suit. But the the funny thing about AM that I really love, and I'm sure this is really people are can't wait to hear about it. But amp, amplitude modulation, which is AM, when the cloud cover comes over at night. You can pick up stations in Florida from New York and Michigan. And so being a weird kid, I'd stay up until one in the morning and listen to like stations out of New York. Like I could listen right. to FAN. Yeah. So so I'm older than you and, and it wasn't quite as weird, but it was still weird. And I, I remember this, like this is kind of how I got caught up in doing this. Like the, the you know, the radio was kind of when I was a little kid growing up in Maine. Uh, and, and car radios way back then, the old, you know, two, two dials, oh, yeah. push buttons, like those for whatever reason would pick up even further stations, right? Maybe it was the ability to just find better antenna or something. And so my dad actually built a little, a little, uh, uh, adapter, power adapter to plug into the wall with an eight, with a car radio that he took out of an old car and like put it in this box so that I had, I could switch on the power and then listen to that radio yeah. with a little speaker that he built on. It was, he made a console out of a car radio for me and it was on my headboard and I would at night, you know, listen to games. Like I, I'd listen to the Sabres on WKBW in Buffalo that I'd find, or, or there was an Ohio station, a Cleveland station that had a huge stick, which can we say that? It's a podcast. Like yes. Yeah. Stick. And, uh, and but Indians games were on every night, so you'd listen to Herb score. Like that's how I fell in love uh, with with sportscasting, with broadcasting. Was radio was the best. Like, exactly what you're saying. Finding stations from half the country away and listening to them. I would listen to the Celtics and the Red Sox, and my dad, unbeknownst to me, would put the sleeper thing on, so it would just turn off after like really? an hour. 
And right. when I was little, I would wake up. I'd be like, Dad, a ghost turned off the radio last <laughs> night. And then instead of being like explaining what happened, he'd be like, oh, really? I'm going to have to check on that. And then I just thought there are ghosts going around my room, turning my radio on and off. And it just freaked me the hell out. Now his lady friend is the ghost turning off his radio at night. Yeah, Yeah, basically. basically. The tooth fairy did it on the way, bumped (laughs) it with her hip. So growing up in New England, you you were Bruins, Red Sox fan. You're working for Nesson. How weird is it that you're doing the pre and post game show for sometimes the Bruins filling in, always the Red Sox, and you're like, Oh my God, that's Jim Rice. Oh my God, right. that's this guy from the Bruins, whoever it is. And you're just thinking, like, this is so weird how I'm just looking at Fred Lynn right now or whoever it is that you grew up watching. Yeah, it is weird because you did grow up here and, and you try never to take it for granted. Like working at Fenway, you just every now and then I make sure that you just stop and look and like I'm walking to work, you know, because it's easy. You guys, you know, you do stuff on stage that other people would, would die to do. And, and, you know, you got to every once in a while, take a deep breath, look around and, and enjoy it. Right. I mean, cause you, you're blowing it if you don't. And so it's easy to just, you know, ugh, we've had 19 days with games and we have a day off and we have three rain delays and extra things. And you're just grumpy about everything. But, but every now and then you got to stop and say, you know, this is Fenway park. We're going to work at Fenway park. There was a moment early on here where I was at a, you know, I don't know. I've been in this in three, four years, whatever. And there was a gol- a charity golf tournament. I was I don't know if I was playing or covering it, but I hear, "Hey, Tom, Tom, come here!" And I turn around, and it's Bobby freaking Orr, you know. And <laughs> yeah. and Bobby Orr is calling me by name, and it was really one of those like I got to walk across this putting green and go say hi to him, and I'm like shaking in my golf shoes, you know. You try to yeah. all right, be cool, be cool, be cool, uh, and those are the moments. I'm. Again, early on, you know, uh, Ray Bork and Cam Neely are, are at this event at a bar and they like call me over to the bar because they want to talk about Ness. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why would they ever want to call me over? And those are the moments. I'm Jim Rice. They want to be you. It's funny. Yeah. Those guys yeah, want to be you. So I was like, we got to act cool. Don't ask my autograph. I don't you know. Actually, you wanna hear, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Once, because the, I grew up in the 70s, right? And, and I had. Jim Rice, Fred Lynn, and, and Dwight Evans, the greatest outfield ever assembled by the Red Sox, together on the show. And so I went out the day before and bought. I don't buy anything. I'm a sportscaster. I, everything I have is given to me free with a logo on it. So I went to the twin souvenir store there, and I bought, had them order, and I bought a 1975 uh, jersey, which I still think you know, the crisp white 75 with the red piping, gorgeous jersey. I said, I'm going to have these three guys autograph it the greatest outfit they'll ever assemble. It'll just be them. This is going to be great. The, the little Tommy Karen is going to freak out when he has that on his wall. So they come on show ends. I, I'm asked, Hey, do you guys mind autographing that? I'd love to be able to put it up in my, in my uh, game room. And they said, of course, as they're doing it, a car pulls up to pick them up and Carl Yastrzemski gets out of it and walks up to say hello to them. And they're signing it and they hand him the, the, the Sharpie. <laughs> And my gut reaction was like, no, no, no. I really just <laughs> wanted the three of them. I'm like, I'm going to tell Carl Yastrzemski. I'm going to tell Yaz, please don't sign my jersey, yeah. uh, which I didn't do. Oh, uh, uh, what a baller move, though, if you did. <laughs> I really don't want yours, Yaz. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Just go back to smoking your smokes and drinking your Coors Light. And- yes. <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. fine, hoppy IPA. Every time I see Yaz, 
he seems it's like one of those guys who's like seems like the nicest grandpa ever but yet still tells tells 12 people to go fuck themselves every day you know (laughs) he just has that mantra yeah he does yeah and you know his grandson's playing out for the giants right and he i've talked about baseball and it's amazing uh well it's funny because he'll tell you how great it is and he's like I wish the hell he wasn't on the West Coast, though. I got to stay up till 2 a.m. to see these games, you know? And he's just like, that's, 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 yeah, the yes. there you go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I envisioned as a kid. Got to smoke an extra pack of smokes to watch them on the, the day. <laughs> it's killing me here. Now, you're, you're, you're working with all these people and Nesson, too. I mean, I'm sure all local uh, broadcasts are like this. They're bringing in everyone and anyone from the past where you're like, oh my God, this is such a big name. But you're working with them. So you're just like, I mean, I'm just for lack of thinking of a name like, oh, my God, this is Carlton Fisk. And then he starts talking and you're just like, oh, he stinks. You you know, like you're now with this guy who was amazing. I mean, I'm not telling you to name names, but has there been people that within like five minutes of them being like, oh, you're the new analyst. You're just like, oh, no, this guy is no good. (laughs) Yes. And I'm not going to name names, but there was. We had a guy, you know, I do the college hockey play-by-play. I did the bean pot and that stuff in the winter. And we had a four NHL player who was, had a great career. Uh, not a, not a, He was with the Bruins, but he wasn't mainly Bruin, but he was a New England guy. And so he wound up doing college hockey with me. I think he only lasted three games. Uh, and, and it, like, literally the first couple of things, I'm like, what? Like, they, like they, there was a – Trevor Smith was a, was a really good player for the University of New Hampshire. We're doing an age game. He had – you know, it's a lot of Smitties in this league, and he's one of the good ones. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? That, there's your uh, top-tier analysis from a lot yeah, of Smiths in this one. <laughs> I don't know that I can add anything to that at all. Uh, and so, yeah, and there's been other guys who've come in studio, and it just didn't work out. You know, they, sometimes they have another personality. They have the energy. Sometimes they just – yeah, you know, I've had guys come in and they just kind of, they can't dial in. It, baseball can be a long, boring game when you're sitting with me in studio watching the game on TV. Like, it takes a certain, you know, I don't know, whatever it is that I'm obsessed with, it's, I, you know, gets me through it. But some guys, oh, yeah, they're looking at viral videos at TikTok and I'll say, hey, we got to do a post-game show. It'd be good if you watch the game. Yeah, I, the, one of the last things I've written down here, it is a long day. It's a long season for you. How, like, the middle of July... That you do the pregame, and then are you just like, hey, my kid has a soccer game. I'll be back in three hours. You know, <laughs> like, you know I, I, go. I, I think I've only done that once. I did that once for like a, a, my kid had a was in a hockey championship, a youth hockey state championship, and it was like two miles from the rink. Yeah. So I and and this was before you could watch the game on the phone. I mean, you could actually go do it now and keep an eye on the red size. Uh, and but I did do that. I didn't watch the whole game, but I left and watched like a period and then shot back. But. No, yeah. you try not to go, you know, do the groceries and get gassed during the fourth inning. I mean, you really do need to, like, watch the game. It, it, it's uh, it's like everyone's dream job, but when you're doing it, you're like, man, this is 162 <laughs> days. And, I mean, you're there for what? If there's a rain delay, you're there for 12, 16 hours sometimes. Yeah, some are insane. And it's always, like, extra innings and, and rain delay with a day game tomorrow. You got to be back in at 10 a.m. Uh, it's like, like. The Sunday, I don't know the date this year, I don't know the calendar in front of me, but the Sunday of the All-Star break is like Christmas Day in my house. You know, like I when I wake up driving to work on the Sunday and I know I have the next four days off no matter what, Yeah, like it is literally waking up on Christmas morning. Like that's the most excited I am to go to work. And then you were good. It's, you know, it, it's a grind. I mean, that's what 
I, I have the utmost respect, and I know baseball has has faded a little bit in the national uh, eye, and it's a you know football is king. Uh, but and the mental grind, the the focus you need to succeed at Major League Baseball as a player, uh, you know, I, I I bitch about it sometimes, and I'm just sitting in a studio. These guys, those same hours, and you're actually going out there trying to hit a, a 95 mile an hour fastball. Uh, the, the mental grind is like nothing else. It's hitting a baseball, I think, still. I mean, hockey, I think, is the toughest sport to play, but hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sport. The hardest skill. I would agree with that. Round ball, round bat, and we're telling them to square it up. That's never made any sense. But (laughs) it's uh, it's difficult. Then you got that guy from Japan throwing 100 miles an hour, 10 out of 11 pitches, and it's just insane. It's insane. Yeah, and then go, and then Otani, and then he goes and hits. Yeah, (laughs) that's crazy. They're going to be, what, two weeks from now or something like that. The Patriots Yeah, the Patriots Day weekend. It's the 10th anniversary of the marathon bombing. Yeah, that's crazy. Incredible. It's already been 10 years. Yeah. Well, Tom Karen, opening day is Thursday. Looking forward to it. My dad and and his friend, uh, 55 straight opening days. Is uh, that true? Yeah, that's 100% true. There's an article in the paper about it at their 50th. Yeah. So he'll be up there. And um, are you going or I'll be there? I'll be there. Yeah. So honestly, text me and we'll I'd love to grab him. Yeah. All right. Sounds all right, good. We'll talk offline. This isn't probably not great podcast. Hey, I'd love to Everything's a great dad. podcast. Everything's this is, this is how his dad's going to find out about it. You've been there <laughs> since 1995. Has there ever been a time where like ESPN or someone's thrown money at you and you've actually had to think about leaving or have you just been at Nesson yeah. and like, I'm just As, here? No, no. It's been a couple of times along the way where there's been offers to either either leave. Um, Early on, I, I did a lot of hockey, and I thought I was going to be a hockey play-by-play guy. And a couple of the expansion teams had offers for like you can be the voice. And looking back, maybe I should have like Nashville, the Nashville Predators, yeah. had a chance to go be their their initial voice. But they had like you know they had like thirty games on TV the the first year, and it was funny because it would have been you know right before. In fact, the guy who was a coach for a long time, Barry Trotz, is a good friend of mine. And he, uh, and yeah, he's like, you know, how many rings you got with the, with the socks? I mean, I, I think it worked out. Yeah. Know, yeah. So. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's when you can, it's, it's like college basketball coaches when they leave to go to a big, uh, place. And then four years later they get fired. You're like, well, maybe I should have just right. stayed at Western Kentucky and just been there my whole life. Well, that's the thing you, and, and, and you guys know, I mean, it's a, in these, you know, comedy or, or sportscasting or TV in general, like it, it's so easy to chase it. You know, I, you asked me where I was, I was, I named like four cities and that was my first 19 months of, of working. Right. I mean, I was like you know, one place I was six months, one place I was a year, one, but you know, you just bounce around so fast uh, that, that Nesson's really given me, I never thought when I came to Nesson again, assumed it needed to be something else in Boston or I'd move on. You know, a lot of people in Nesson come and go, uh, but they've been great to me. They give me a lot of chances to do really cool stuff. And uh, I just, you know, now I'm, Nobody wants me now. I'm too old. So they're stuck <laughs> with me. So, we're, but it, yeah, it's worked out great. Uh, but I always tell, like, I tell my kids, you know, I have two sons who are uh, sort of adults now. And, uh, you know, sometimes the best moves you make are the ones you don't, right? You tend to always want to jump because you always think something better on the other side. Um, two, two bits of career advice I always give the, 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 some of the best, you know, some of the best decisions you make are to stay. Also, some of the best career decisions I ever made were not smart financially. Like, you know, I, I left a smaller market to go to a bigger market part-time for less money, but betting on myself that I could turn that into something, right? Or I left TV at one point to be a minor league hockey play-by-play guy. When I was in Portland, I left after five years at the CBS station, went to be the voice of the Portland Pirates, and it was less money 
uh, and it was radio and it was, you know, but it was, it, it really kind of reinvigorated my career. It's got me fired. I was sick of doing it. Yeah. You do the, you do the four minutes on the 11 o'clock news yeah. for sports. And, if and it you snows. get four minutes. So well, it snows and they take away a minute and a half of that. And then, you know, the freaking banter after the little uh, feature, it goes another 30 seconds and they just, everything comes out of sports. And I just got really sick of that. So doing play by play, you want, we'll do the podcast another time and I can do just a half hour on stories from the road with a minor league hockey oh, team. I would love that. Uh, yeah. oh, I mean, you have no idea. And, but it really made it fun again. You know, uh, it was, I rediscovered, like, I like sports more than I like TV. And that sort of got me back into that mindset. And then Ness and, you know, we're, everything's long form at Ness. We do the game. We don't do little newscasts. Yeah. But yeah, the hockey, the, the minor league, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you survive a year or two on the road with a minor league hockey team, um, you know, you'll be okay. I mean, just and the pranks alone. Uh, my favorite one they so do is my, my equipment would be in the locker room. They'd take my headset off and put shoe polish on the black headset. And so you'd put it on and then do the game and then get on the bus. You had these big black rings around <laughs> the side of your head. You wouldn't know for a long time. Or the uh, other great one was in that box of equipment. And this is, is world-class. This is during the playoffs. They went to a pet store and bought live crickets that you feed iguanas or something. Yeah. And filled my box with live crickets. So when I came up for the game, got up to the press box, opened my box, things started jumping out at my face. <laughs> and literally, there were just crickets all over the press box during the game. And the entire team down on the ice before like game three of a playoff series. Um, and so. These are guys who are like half the team is going to be playing in the NHL, making millions of dollars, and they're right. putting shoe polish on your face. Yeah, and they right. probably Some still of them will already be doing got, that. Like, million dollar signing bonuses. right? <laughs> and... And, you know, they're sneaking into my room. Once I checked into a hotel room on the road, unpacking my stuff, go to the bathroom, and the curtain opens. Two guys had talked their way to a key to get in my room to hide in the tub so that when I checked into my room, they would just scare the, the, the crap out of me. <laughs> that's, that's uh, they have nothing amazing. better to do. We definitely than, have to have Tom Karen minor league hockey stories on later on this year, <laughs> 100%. Well, Tom, thanks again. Uh, good luck with the season. It's, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, my friend, but have fun. Can I use and, that? Uh, yeah, Can absolutely. I, that? I just is came up with it off the top of my head. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. not trademarked like the word Boston, is it? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. That, that's no, John. that's it. That's all the what? time we have. Okay, all right. Later, <laughs> later. What the heck is that? That's the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life. We'll talk about that later, maybe. Uh, but uh, but Tom Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure, and look forward to seeing you. And uh, we'll see you around Fenway Park. Yeah.